I absolutely love structured water. I love things like the ASEA. I love my supplements that can help take some of these nasties out. So there's loads of sort of biohacks that we can do to deal with the modern stresses, but also let's be honest, the modern temptations of life. And, and just really let's try and educate ourselves. Let's not forget our beloved animals. I am back for my current book club, which is Vex King, Good Vibes, Good Life. What I am doing is reading through the whole of this wonderful book, um, reading it through in order and making some comments of my thoughts and observations along the way. So even though you can listen to these in whatever order you like, it's probably going to make most sense to you if you start at the beginning and listen from number one, episode one. Um, so last time we got up to um, part two, positive lifestyle habits, which is on page 23. Now, one of the reasons why I picked this book by Vex King is firstly, Vex King, I love him. I find him really inspirational. He's got a really good Instagram page as well. And all the links for how you can connect with Vex are below. I love this book because it appeals to all ages. I know so many people who've read this book from teenagers to people my age and everyone in between. And it's got some really, really good practical advice in here is broken down into really easy manageable chunks as well and it's just a really easy read so you can pick it up put it down etc whenever you want so I think this is a really great inspirational book to share some good advices share some tips that shares his life stories as well in here um, so for me I really love it and um, I hope you do too so let's get going Part two, positive lifestyle habits. Introduction. Higher states of vibration will help you feel good, which means you can manifest more good things in your life. Your aim is to feel better by vibrating higher. There are many lifestyle habits that will help you do this and bring you closer to a more loving and joyful state. You can change your emotional state through all sorts of activities that will raise your vibration, some of which will have a lasting effect, while others may make you feel good only in the moment. For example, if you feel upset because you've fallen out with a friend, you might be able to change your emotional state by doing something fun with other friends instead. Other ways you might raise your vibration include physical touch with a loved one, laughing, listening to uplifted music, spreading kindness, sleeping deeply, moving your body or engaging in any other activity you enjoy. But afterwards, you might be left to face your misery again. Nothing has improved in your mind. You've just temporarily avoided the problem. Alternatively, the practice of meditation can, over time, completely change the way your brain functions. Meditation and the introspective act of studying your low vibration emotions can help you transform these to higher vibration emotions. Thus, meditation might help you view the fallout with your friend in a more positive way. We'll spend more time exploring meditation further on. Since everything is energy, you could say that everything you engage with will affect your vibration somehow. But new actions and changing your mindset in a positive way are also elements of self-love to become the best and happiest person you can be. There are also new actions we can take to make ourselves feel better that may seem to work for only a short while to begin with, but when carried out consistently over long periods of time become habits that reap lasting results. So we're going to go through some of those habits now and see which ones we resonate with. Surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with people who are vibing higher than you. Be around people who are feeling better than you are. Energy is contagious. When you're not feeling too good, try being around people who are. They're vibrating higher than you and there's a good chance that you can absorb some of their energy. Just as a green algae has been found by researchers to draw energy from other plants, 
My experience suggests that there's great potential for humans to do something very similar. Have you ever met someone for the first time and felt like something isn't quite right about them? You can't quite put your finger on it, but you just get a bad vibe. And usually you find out later that there was a good reason for this feeling. Energy doesn't lie. You've probably experienced the opposite too. There are certain people who we identify as being full of positive energy. They always seem to infect those around them with their good vibes. I've changed my emotional state many times just by being around cheerful people. Positive people can also provide empowering perspectives on our problems. Being in a positive state, they're more likely to have an optimistic outlook on what we're going through. They'll try to look for the positives in the situation and help us change our focus to something that lifts our vibe. So make a commitment to build meaningful and lasting relationships with positive people. When you spend more time with people who add value to your life and elevate your mood, you'll begin to adopt their encouraging thinking patterns and reflect their vibrations back at them. The law of vibrations suggests that we attract people who are vibrating on the same frequency as us. So if we can begin to experience more positive emotions on a regular basis, as a result of other people, we'll attract even more positive people into our life, thus reinforcing the good vibes around us. It's really interesting, this one, isn't it? I did do a talk with um, Bryce about an Emmy, actually, about toxic positivity. And for me, that's not what he's talking about here at all. He's about recognising when you need to lift me up. I mean, I've got groups of people that can be really good fun, but actually tend to go quite quickly into gossip mode. And it really, really lowers how you feel. You don't feel good about it if you spend too long in that. Nothing wrong with a quick joke, but if they're constantly concentrating their efforts on talking about other people, etc., it is not a good space to be in. And then I've got other people that I interact with that really are just full of energy and play that energy forward and it makes such a difference. Let me know in the comments below what you think and whether you experience this regularly and how it makes you feel. And also with that awareness, have you changed who you're interacting with based on that awareness? I'd love to know. Change your body language. It's hard to crack a smile when things are going wrong. But a 2003 study by Simone Shacknell and James Laird showed that if you fake a smile, you can actually trick your brain into thinking you're happy by releasing feel-good hormones called endorphins. This might seem a little wacky at first. If smiling for no reason feels too strange, then find a reason to smile. You could smile at the prospect of your smile itself making someone feel happier. They might smile back at you, giving you a genuine reason to keep your smile alive. In fact, our entire body and physiology can affect our thoughts and feelings. By changing our outer state, we can change our inner state. I, do, I must say, I do this quite a lot. I find that, you know, it is really contagious. If someone smiles or laughs, we all know how contagious that can be and how it can lift our mood so quickly. It may also surprise you to learn that the vast majority of messages that we give other people are non-verbal, such as facial expressions, gestures, or even the way we hold ourselves while we're talking. For this reason, it's important that we try to think about the messages we're conveying with our body language. If I told you to show me how someone would appear if they're depressed, you'd probably know exactly how to portray them. You'd slump with your head down, looking grim. If I asked you to show me how someone would appear if they were angry, you could do that with ease too. Now, think about how a person who is happy and feels high on life would appear. What would their facial expressions be like? How would they be standing? Is there a particular way they'd be moving? Where might their hands be? Are they likely to be making any gestures? What tone would their voice take? How fast or slow would they be talking? If you can act like someone who feels good, your internal state will change and your vibration will rise. Now, who's faked it till you make it? We've all probably heard that situation. I have, and it 100% works for me. Sometimes, depending on the thing, it can take longer than others. But seriously, this really does work. And there's so much science between uh, behind this. So why not give it a go and you know, let us know whether it works for you? 
You might be concerned that this is an unhealthy way to raise your vibration, but the idea that you can fake it till you make it has been proven many times. Whoops, I jumped ahead a bit there, didn't I? For example, Muhammad Ali famously said, to be a great champion, you must believe you're the best. If not, pretend you are. Take Ali's fight with Sonny Liston. Before the fight, Ali was an underdog, but he chose to act like he was going to walk Liston, boasting and bragging about it to the fans. And in the fight, he did. Social psychologist Amy Cuddy is renowned for her work on how body language not only affects how others see us, but also how we see ourselves. A report co-authored by Cuddy claims that simply by doing one of these three poses related to power for only two minutes a day, you can create a 20% increase in the confidence hormone testosterone and a 25% decrease in the stress hormone cortisol. The so-called power poses a quick and easy way to feel more powerful, says the report. I'm laughing. I want to see what these are. Some people get the wrong end of the stick and pretend to have some particular asset or talent to seek attention from others so that they can feel better about themselves. But if you simply act a particular way to enhance your confidence and feel better about where you're going, it becomes a useful technique. This imagined confidence will then gradually start to become genuine confidence. And the closer you get to it through matching vibrations, the more genuine it becomes. So again, let me know, have you tried this? We all know we read body language a lot in other people and also we can see it in ourselves as well. So this is where sort of actually taking a good look in front of you in the mirror, you can't escape it when you're recording these videos. Trust me, it can be quite a shock at times if I watch any of them back. But actually, it's a really good feedback mechanism to me because sometimes what we think we're portraying and what we're not, you know, don't match up. And, that, and it's really good to be aware of that so we can do something about it. Take some time out. Don't underestimate the importance of taking time to relax. Sometimes we get so caught up in our lives and what's going on around us that we become overwhelmed and tense. The simple solution is to unwind and keep some distance from the things that are stressing you out. Don't be afraid to spend some time alone. I notice that sometimes you can feel peopled out. If you're an introvert, this feeling might be quite common. You feel like everyone wants a piece of you and it just gets too much. If you're living with a spouse, friends or family, this might seem a little cruel. It's not that you dislike them or that you're even fed up with them. It's just that you need a break, a chance to breathe and recharge. You need to be alone for a while. That's perfectly acceptable and doesn't make you any less loving. It's also easy to feel overstimulated by the media and social media and in need of a period of rest from these things too. How can you tell if you need a break? Well, here's an example. If someone tries to do something nice for you, yet you feel like they're trying too hard or they're up in your space, it might be a sign that you're all peopled out. <laughs> it does happen, doesn't it? Yes, you might feel bad because you know this person has good intentions, but you just want them to stop. I'm laughing because this happened to me yesterday. In Mexican Spanish, the word engenterdo, let me read that again, enenterdo, I'm rubbish at this, I'm obviously not good at Spanish, sorry about that, describes this particular feeling. It refers to the feeling of wanting to be away from people after spending time with them. Although you shouldn't let your mood dictate your manners, neither should you feel bad for wanting to disconnect for a bit. It's not only beneficial to you, but for others too. The longer you stay peopled out with, without a recharge, the higher the chance that you'll lower other people's vibrations. That is really true. It's also very powerful to spend some time in nature. In this day and age, it's increasingly difficult to navigate through life without technology. However, being out in nature can help to replenish and rejuvenate your entire being. A research study published in 1991 found that natural environments had recuperative effects by bringing about positive emotional states and encouraging psychological well-being. Pretty obvious, isn't it? Well, I think we all know that now. You don't have to make this complicated. You could go outside for a walk, do some work in your garden, go sit under a tree or gaze up at the stars. 
If the sun is shining, absorbing some rays of light can help boost your vitamin D and levels of serotonin, a happy hormone that acts as a natural mood stabilizer. Do you know, so much of this stuff, it's simple. When we see it written down, we think, well, yes, I know that. But quite often we need these reminders to go and do these things. Um, it's so easy these days to spend too long in front of a computer, too long on your phone, etc. And taking these little breaks for yourself, getting out in nature. I'm so lucky I've got so many animals I can go and interact with. It's so, so important. It can make such a difference. The next one is find some inspiration. Inspiration keeps me driven and optimistic. Nowadays, there's so many ways that we can get inspired. Self-help books, newspapers or empowering novels like The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. My daughter's just read that. A great. I read it ages ago. I loved it. As are a myriad of digital sources of inspiration, such as podcasts. Don't underestimate the power of a great inspirational movie either. I personally find The Pursuit of Happiness, starring actor Will Smith, very uplifting. I remember one particular period during which I felt completely lost in life. I just left a job to pursue my own business, selling inspirational t-shirts. I'd invested my own money, and to my dismay, they weren't selling as well as I'd hoped. I thought they were going to be sold out within days. I'd read all these business textbooks, spent hours on fashion blogs and felt like I had all the knowledge required to run a successful company and bring something innovative to the fashion world. However, my reality was proving otherwise. I was beginning to lose faith in myself and my abilities. I questioned my direction in life and, on top of this, my mum saw I was struggling and told me I should get another job as I needed to make money to live on and help out at home. The pressure felt immense. When you begin to doubt your abilities, you can quickly fall asleep into a sea of misery. You begin to experience all the lower vibrational states, and this can be damaging. I knew I had to do something, so I listened to various personal development audiobooks, picked up some more self-help books, streamed online videos and read articles, quotes and blog posts. I even started speaking to entrepreneurial friends I'd met via social media. I started learning about other people's hardships and how they overcame them, even when the odds were against them. I started to feel inspired and my self-belief grew. These stories were demonstrating that my failure wasn't final. Anyone who's accomplished anything great has faced big challenges or failures, but they're only final if you quit. Admittedly, my t-shirt business didn't work out, but it sparked changes, one that benefited me hugely. When you're inspired, you find drive and you feel good about where you're going and what's possible in life. Do you know, I so love that. It's so important. It's not the fact that his T-shirt business didn't work out. It's the fact of what he learned in the process and how that helped him move forward. Because quite often it's learning what we don't want that really helps us clarify what we do want. I love that. Stay clear of gossip and drama. Drama is for TV, not for real life. Don't play a part in someone else's episode in which they're the only star. That is such good advice. Um, I will put my hand up. Sometimes I fall foul to that of getting involved in friends' dramas. And, you know, it doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve them. At some point, everyone will find themselves taking part in gossip. Sometimes they won't even realise that they're doing it. The worst part is that most people actually enjoy it. They don't think they're being judgmental and seeing gossip and see gossiping as harmless. They just love the excitement of hearing juicy rumours about those around them and passing them on and then getting a reaction. And this makes gossiping a great way to lower your vibration. Regardless, spreading gossip preys on our ego. We do it to try and feel good about ourselves, to feel superior to others. It's very often judgmental, and most judgments stem from hatred, which is a low vibrational state that will only lead you to inviting unpleasant experiences into your life. Oh yes, we all know this. As we've already established, every thought and word holds a powerful vibration. When we discuss others in a negative way, we're sending negative energy out into the universe. As a result, this lowers our own vibration, 
resulting in toxic events in our lives that will produce ill feelings. Aveda, the ancient Indian medical system, says gossiping affects some of our energy centres known as chakras. This activity restricts us from ascending to higher vibrational states. News outlets profit from gossip by publicising other people's misfortune. Luckily for them, some people buy into it. As a result, it's become socially acceptable to discuss other people. Yet everyone knows they wouldn't like it if they were the subject of gossip. So distance yourself from conversations about others or try to direct the discussion into something more positive. You'll notice that, more often than not, people who spend their time gossiping are the ones who seem to complain or find comfort in misery. If you join them in their habits, you'll gradually become disillusioned with life too. Similarly, getting swept up in unnecessary drama can heighten both stress and anxiety. This puts you in a lower emotional state and as you already know by now, this reflects undesirably on your life. Why give up your joy? I've learned to avoid drama at all costs because it does nothing good for me. I once came across a high drama person who attempted to argue with me about a point I've made. Ironically, my point had been that we should walk away from fights because they can destruct our peace. But he didn't believe that we should. When I kindly told him that I respected our differences and we should move on, he got angry. <laughs> if I'd felt he was actually interested in my perspective, I'd have been happy to share it and listen to his. However, he only wanted to argue to prove me wrong and drag me down. His ears were shut and his mouth was open. He wasn't ready to learn, only to dictate. Our beliefs were different and he got really worked up by it. To him, I was spreading false information and creating further suffering in the world with my viewpoint. This anger was followed by personal abuse directed towards me, particularly since I wouldn't take part in his battle. I simply stayed silent and observed until I could distance myself. It didn't seem like this person cared deeply for other people's well-being or that he wanted to prevent suffering in the world. His aggressive behaviour contradicted his points. He simply needed to justify why he was right and that his way was the only way. My belief shattered his truth that we should always fight back and without that truth, his identity became threatened. This is the work of the ego. Your ego is your self-image created by thought. It's your social mask, one that constantly requires validation because it lives in fear of losing its sense of identity. When you're upset because someone doesn't like you, it's your ego operating. You validate your existence based on their approval. When they disapprove of you, you no longer feel good about who you are. Our ego always wants to feel significant and adored. It seeks instant gratification. It wants to feel more powerful than others. It's the reason why people buy things they don't need, to impress people they don't even care about. It's the reason we become bitter about other people's successes. See that all the time, don't we? It's the reason greed exists and why we're constantly striving to outdo others. It prevents us from acting with love and understanding. Unfortunately, many of us identify ourselves with a certain image throughout our lives, and that's created by our ego, and we have to keep on maintaining and protecting it. If others don't approve of the image of ourselves that we've created, our identity becomes threatened, and the ego will fear for its protection. Just in the case here. My beliefs force that person to question his own beliefs and therefore question his identity, which posed a threat. This is why he was so quick to get defensive and to attack. This happens a lot in life because of ego. People don't say or ask things out of curiosity. They simply want to prove others wrong. They want people to follow their truth, not because they necessarily care about others, but because they fear being wrong and not knowing who they are. There are a lot of high drama people in the world who seem to thrive in these toxic conditions. I think most of them run the country, don't they? <laughs> Sorry, politicians. Had to put that one in there. I'm sure some of you are nice. Just haven't met one yet. Um, I try to keep an open mind and listen to other people's perspectives. 
However, I've also learned not to waste time on people who have no interest in what I have to say or why I say it. You must make sure that you don't involuntarily take part in the internal battles of others. Discussing problems and sharing information is fine when the intention doesn't stem from the desire to make yourself feel superior through the belittlement of others. This provides a full sense of self and consequently lowers your vibe. There are better ways to spend your time than gossiping or involving yourself in dramas. Instead, try to focus on your own life and on trying to improve it. Time is precious and you should be investing it wisely by doing something constructive that will make your life better. Greater, actually. Sorry, I made that one up. That will make your life greater. So we have got up to page 45. We're going on to nutrition and water next. Um, Lots of little nuggets in there. Again, we can read this and sort of think, wow, we know that. But actually, don't you find this is tips to get us back to course correcting things? I think there's so many points in there that we've all experienced over the last few years. There's been so much drama about people's choices, about how much control we feel we've actually got over our own lives, all sorts of areas. We could bring this into everything. So many family dramas with people falling out over different opinions. And I think, you know, the one thing I've really become apparent of over the last three years more than anything is how important it is to really listen to other people's point of view, because we can make so many assumptions when someone's taking an action that we have decided we disagree with. But so often we haven't really thought about it from their perspective and from their journey and their information and where they're at. Page 45, sort out your nutrition and water. What you consume consumes you. What consumes you controls your life. I'm going to read that again because it's so important. There's so much in just that opening statement. What you consume consumes you. What consumes you controls your life. Everything you eat and drink is important as it affects your vibration and reality. Think about it. How can you feel good if you don't ingest good foods and good fluids? The foods that leave us feeling sleepy and sluggish are those that vibrate to lower frequency. Hence, when we eat them, our vibration also changes. A lot of these foods are junk foods and, unfortunately, they're engineered to taste great. For this reason, some of us tend to overindulge in the bad stuff and it doesn't just dampen our mood but also adds on extra pounds and makes us vulnerable to illnesses. In 1949, a French electromagnetism expert called André Simerton published his research on the electromagnetic waves of particular foods. I love this stuff. He realized that each food not only has a particular amount of calories, chemical energy, but also an electromagnetic power that's vibrational. Simonton discovered that humans must maintain a vibration of 6,500 angstroms for them to be deemed healthy. An angstrom is a unit measuring a hundred millionth of a centimetre and used to express the size of electromagnetic wavelengths. Simonton divided the foods into four categories according to a scale of zero to 10,000 angstroms. The first category was full of high vibrational foods, including fresh fruits and raw vegetables, whole grains, olives, almonds, hazelnuts, sunflower seeds, soy and coconut. The second category had a low vibration foods such as boiled vegetables, milk, butter, eggs, honey, cooked fish, peanut oil, sugar cane and wine. And the third category consisted of foods with very low vibrations. Among them, cooked meats, sausages, coffee and tea, chocolate, jams, processed cheeses and white bread. The fourth and final category exhibited practically no angstroms and included margarine, conserves, alcohol spirits, refined white sugar and bleached flour. Eye-opening that, isn't it? You know, we talk a lot about raising our vibration, keeping our vibration high. We on my channel, we talk so much about energy, 
and its impact on all areas of our life. And that's pretty eye-opening when you feel that. It's a bit like if you've got a, a bowl of hot water and you pour cold water in, it's automatically going to lower the temperature. So if we're trying to keep our vibration high and resonating at a frequency that's going to help us achieve the things we want in our life, if we're constantly filling our physical vessel up with low vibrational foods and drinks, then we're making life really hard for ourselves. There are a few of my favourites on that list, but I try and balance them. So I've got my lovely organic herbal tea here today. Simington's research provides us with insight into which foods are good for our vibration and which ones we should avoid. In addition, as a general rule, good quality organic produce, as intended by nature, will keep you feeling more vitalised than non-organic foods. The price of organic food can be high, but the expense may turn out to be less of a sacrifice than your health if this deteriorates due to eating unhealthy foods. We should also consider the importance of water. It's estimated that around 60 to 70% of your whole body is composed of water, and it's essential to your body's functioning. It keeps you hydrated and flushes away unwanted toxins, and this will keep you at a higher vibrational state. If the water balance in your body falls below the necessary amount, your body will react adversely. You may be unable to focus, feel dizzy, and even become unconscious. Simulton's research showed alcoholic spirits to be very low vibration, and regular consumption of excessive amounts can be very harmful and even cause death through liver damage. Too much alcohol also creates false perception, which may leave you to behave in a way you wouldn't normally. This can lead to bad choices that might be damaging to your life. Alcohol might provide a few moments of pleasure, but you must moderate how much of it you consume. Make fresh, filtered water your primary source of fluid. Now, anyone who watches my channel knows how passionate I am about all these things. Absolutely not, because we can't all live a moderate life. You know, I absolutely love structured water. I love things like the ASEA. I love my supplements that can help take some of these nasties out. So there's loads of sort of biohacks that we can do to deal with the modern stresses, but also, let's be honest, the modern temptations of life. So if you're interested in that, scroll back or do a search on structured water on my channel. Have a look at some of the ASEA or the Roots playlists. Um, look at my interview that I've got with the lovely, lovely Jeffrey Bodedi. It's just brilliant. And, and just really let's try and educate ourselves. But please all do also have a look at the animals playlist because let's not forget our beloved animals. They are completely dependent on us for what they eat. So it's really our responsibility to do our research and make sure that they're having high vibrational foods as well. Express gratitude. Before you complain about school, remember that some people can't even get an education. Before you complain about getting fat, remember that some people don't even have any food. Before you complain about your job, remember that some people don't even have any money. Before you complain about cleaning the house, remember that some people don't even have any shelter. Before you complain about washing the dishes, remember that some people don't even have any water. Before you complain about all these things on social media using your smartphone without any consideration of how blessed you are, just be thankful for a minute. I know I'm interrupting a lot today, but um, over in the UK here today, it's really, really cold. Um, we've gone from lots of wet weather to lots of really cold weather. And I have been in gratitude all day because I've been feeding the birds outside, obviously feeding all of my animals, trying to feed some of the wild animals as well, because all the water's frozen, so it's really difficult for them to get water. It's really, really cold, so they're having to work really hard to keep themselves warm. A lot of, you know, the ground's really frozen. So those animals that burrow, that could be a challenge. Um, even the birds trying to get water, trying to get worms and things and insects, everything's a challenge. So as a human, how lucky am I? I've got my blanket. I've got my fire. I've got my warm cup of tea. I am so grateful. Um, I really am. <laughs> Being thankful is one of the simplest and yet most powerful habits you can cultivate. 
By counting your blessings daily, you can begin to condition your mind to look for the good in everything around you. Soon enough, you'll unconsciously begin to see the bright side of things and feel better about life. You can't feel bad whilst you're feeling thankful. As simple as showing gratitude sounds, most people struggle with it. It's much easier to focus on burdens than on gifts, to devote your attention to the things you don't have rather than the things you do have. I was once studying some of the most successful individuals on this planet, and one phrase really struck with me. Greatness starts with being grateful. I didn't think too much of it at the time, but as I've grown older, I've began to understand its value. I've realised that you can't feel joy without being thankful. Being thankful is a vital component of happiness. Furthermore, expressing gratitude, we not only transform our vibrational state to become more magnetic to the good things, but we also become able to put things into perspective. We go through each day constantly comparing ourselves to others, and most of us rarely acknowledge what we have or what others may desire. We also tend to compare ourselves to those we consider more fortunate than us, rather than those who are less fortunate. Just think of the amount of people who've had to live through war on a daily basis. But we're completely safe from such troubles and many more that we hear about in the news. It's easy to say thanks without really meaning it. The key to showing gratitude is to feel thankful. I'll use my coaching client, Will, as an example to illustrate how you can reach a true state of gratitude. After Will had started reeling off a list of all his problems, I asked him to tell me what he was grateful for. His response was that he couldn't think of anything. I knew his car meant a lot to him, so I asked, how about your car? He replied, yeah, I'm thankful for my car, I guess. This level of gratitude is a nice start but it doesn't really change our state. Then I asked Will, what would it mean if he didn't have his car? He sat there for a moment and thought about it. And then he began to list these things. I wouldn't be able to go to work, pick up the groceries, go and see my friends. And I wouldn't be able to pick up my kids from school. I could see his state changing as he started naming these things and envisioning them in his mind. I then went a step further and asked, what would it mean if you weren't able to pick up your kids? He replied, well, they'd have to walk back home or take the bus. I pressed, and how would that walk back be for them? Suddenly, he imagined them walking back in the cold weather. Will knew they'd be unsafe, and he was visibly unsettled. After a few moments, he thought back to when he was a kid and how he used to get bullied on the bus home. This was when it hit him. He took a heavy breath. I could see the relief on his face as he thought back to his car. He finally admitted how grateful he was that he not only had a car, but also that it helped him improve the lives of those he loved. His state completely transformed and I observed the shift in his body language. When practicing gratitude, imagine how different your life would be without that particular thing you're showing thanks for. It will produce strong feelings and emotions. And this is how you get into a powerful state of gratitude. Remember, there might be many things in your world that are going wrong, yet there are also many things that are going right. The more you count your blessings, the more blessings you'll have to count. Here's a short story. During my time working in an office, I had a manager who I didn't see eye to eye with, and we both made work difficult for each other. However, as he had more authority, he always had the upper hand. For months, I let his actions affect my mood and therefore how I acted. I reacted with resentment. I gossiped about him. I hated going into work and I continued to admit all these negative thoughts and feelings out into the universe. And as a result, things got worse, much worse. I wanted to distance myself from him, but he sat right by me, so I couldn't. Even when I did manage to get away from him, he'd find a way to provoke me. Back then, I wasn't afraid to vocalise how I felt, even if it was going to sound sour. 
I had no problem telling him he had no leadership qualities, which obviously didn't make things any better. After viewing some online videos from a spiritual teacher, Esther Hicks, I realized that I was utilizing my energy in the wrong way. I was aware the problem was there, but I was feeding the problem rather than focusing on a solution. Once I started to do that, things started to get better. I made a conscious effort to show gratitude for having a job that paid well. I knew how difficult it was just to find a job, but especially one with a generous salary. My salary enabled me to enjoy many comforts in life. I regularly reminded myself of these things to ensure I was in a state of appreciation, a high vibrational state. A few months later, my manager was promoted to another team. I also got a pay rise whilst experiencing much more freedom at work. This period was among my favourite in this job. Simply because I decided to feel good, I was given rewards that made me feel even better. To many of us, direct our energy towards our fears. I'm not saying your problems don't exist, but try instead to focus your energy on solutions to those problems. The universe is abundant in all areas. The illusion of fear is the only limitation we have. I'd love to hear your comments below, what experience you've got for that. If you've had particular situations where you've managed to change around like that, I certainly have. Study your emotions. Ignoring negative emotions is like keeping poison in your system. Learn to understand everything you feel. The aim isn't to force positive thoughts, but to transform the negative ones into something healthier so you can feel better. Our dominant thoughts significantly influence our emotions. They're crucial to how we feel. The issue many of us have when we try to become positive thinkers is that we ignore the transformation process. We assume that it's better to wipe out negative thoughts, numb our feelings and to move to more positive ideas. This is often ineffective because you're just trying to trick yourself into thinking things are okay when your true feelings suggest otherwise. Repressed feelings can become toxic with your system and can eventually cause damage. If a venomous thought sits deep within your mind, it will reappear when you experience a similar situation in the future. Not only will this lower your vibration, but the continuity of this pattern can also damage your mental health and in turn your physical health. You may also become extremely toxic for others to be around, making you lonely and further adding to your misery. So don't suppress your negative emotions. Instead, transform them so you can raise your vibration, not just for now, but for all similar events in the future. Understanding your emotions will allow you to transform them from a low vibration to a high vibration over and over again. This is why introspection is so important to personal development. For example, a client of mine called Sarah had started talking to a new love interest. A few days into messaging and calling each other, he went quiet. She waited by her phone, expecting him to text her back, but he didn't. As a result, the dominant thought in her head said, no one's interested in me or has time for me because I'm ugly. This made her feel sad. Sarah needed to turn her negative emotions back into positive ones. So we followed my step-to-step method for achieving this. How to transform negative emotions. Number one, identify. To change your emotional state, you must identify what emotion you're feeling. In Sarah's example, she felt sad and afraid. After delving deeper, we identified that Sarah also felt neglected and insecure. Number two, challenge. The next step would be to question yourself. Why do you feel the way you do? What thoughts are responsible for this? Sarah felt sad because she didn't get a text back. The thought that played back to her was that no one had time for her or wasn't interested in her because she was ugly. This made her feel lonely and insecure. At this stage, you have consciously begun to observe your thoughts. A lot of the beliefs we have are based on exaggeration, 
misconception and opinions imposed on us by other people. Therefore, we can challenge these erroneous ideas and judgments in our mind. We can analyse our thought process and change our negative thought patterns to more positive ones in a logical way. Begin to challenge the beliefs behind your thoughts by questioning the validity. For example, Sarah asked herself, Is it true that no one has time for me because I'm ugly? In thinking deeply about this question, Sarah began to learn a lot about why she felt the way she did. At this stage, you can ask the questions that force you to dig deeper. You can also ask extreme questions because they'll inspire extreme answers. In our example, Sarah went on to ask herself, does this mean I'll never be happy? Sarah pondered on these questions and saw she was exaggerating the situation. One man failing to text her back didn't mean she'd never be happy. She was reminded that her joy wasn't dependent on how others interacted with her. Posing these questions to yourself can reveal limitations in your thinking, as they did for Sarah. You'll begin to realise that you've made false assumptions and focused on negative aspects of your situations in your life. Try it. Perhaps bring up a past experience that made you feel unhappy and ask yourself direct questions that help you get to the heart of the matter. It's important to realise that we create our own sadness by attaching negative conclusions to these past experiences in our subconscious mind. Here we must challenge these conclusions, which are stored as lessons. Failing to correct the negative lessons means they're replayed in your subconscious mind. Over time, these lessons on repeat can weigh you down and induce depression. Number three, understand. This step is all about appreciating the deeper meaning behind the emotion. In our example, Sarah found that she was feeling insecure as a result of her recent experience. She started to worry that she wasn't good enough. During the days when her love interest was texting back, she felt better about herself. It was clear that she had a high need for social acceptance and approval. You must recognise the deeper meaning behind your feelings and make use of them as opportunities grow. Sarah determined her worth based on what others thought because she had low self-esteem. She needed to be valued and accepted to feel better about herself. Number four, replace. These disempowering thoughts must then be replaced with empowering ones. You must ask yourself, how can I view or do things differently? to help myself, build, myself feel better and live a greater life. It's essential to transform destructive thoughts into ones that make you feel better in the moment. Sarah reminded herself that she was worthy of love, regardless of how others might behave towards her. She said, I love myself and that is enough. The love I give myself would be given back to me by someone who truly cares about me. To add substance to these empowering thoughts, think back to times when you truly felt the way you want to feel. Sarah came up with a memory in which she felt worthy, confident and loved. She held this scene in her head and relived the moment. This technique not only boosts confidence, but it may also bring forth a solution. You may remember something you did during a similar situation in the past that helped you to manage it. Number five, visualize. Visualize yourself handling the emotion you're currently feeling in the future. As you do this, not only will your vibration increase, but you'll also begin to create an autonomous association with that emotion that will enable your brain to handle it for you effortlessly down the line. You can do this over and over again, each time stretching your imagination and making it more real in your mind's eye. Repetition is the key to mastery. If you rehearse over and over again a situation in which you deal with the emotion, you'll know exactly how to manage it next time it comes up in your life. Right, we've got to the end of page 62. Um, a lot in that, isn't there? A lot. But I think for me, 
he's hit on some really key points. And the thing is, is awareness is absolutely key. When we're aware and and realise and analyse what we're feeling, we can look into the why behind it and decide whether it's appropriate to try and switch that emotion. But I love what Vex says about repetition is key because it really is. Whenever we're trying to change any aspects of our life, it does take time and being kind on ourselves and not always expecting instant results and working out by trying different things what serves us and what doesn't is so, so important. So I hope you enjoyed that little installment. Please, please do let me know. Are you finding this helpful? Is it resonating with you? Um, Have you got some examples that you can share with others? Because it's so powerful when other people see what you're doing. You know, if you feel ready to share something with someone else in the comments below, please do, because we've all got little tips that we can lead that can really help others. And if you like this or you like any of the other content on this channel, I would be extremely grateful if you could hit that like button and share it with a friend that might want to hear it. This is really important to beat the algorithms on this platform. So hitting that subscribe and the like really helps others find the information. So I hope you've enjoyed that little snippet and I will be back next time for the next in the series. Thank you. I really hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.